0: All right. If you don't open your Bibles tonight to probably 1 Corinthians 2 is where you're going to want to get first. And before we begin our study tonight, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your precious word and we thank you for your spirit. And we're certainly going to see tonight that that spirit of God is critical to understanding and properly interpreting and properly applying the scriptures. So I pray that you'd allow that spirit of God to be pleased with what he's hearing tonight, seeing tonight, and that he would use it in each of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, we're going to come to an interesting discussion tonight, and that is, what role does the Holy Spirit play in a person being able to accurately interpret the Bible? If you're open to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I want you to notice verses 10 to I think we're going to read 10 to 14, because that'll cover a lot of ground right there. 1 Corinthians 2.10, For to us God revealed them through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so the thoughts of God no one knows except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God, which things we also speak not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. But the natural man does not accept the things of the spirit of God for their foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually apprised. Now this question boils down to this. How does the Holy Spirit guide a person? How does the Holy Spirit direct a person in the interpretive process of interpreting the Word of God? And we want to cover tonight 16 thesis statement truths that are critical to answering this question. Now the first one is, the Spirit's ministry does mean we cannot grasp truth without him. It does mean we cannot grasp truth without him. The natural man cannot understand the things of the Spirit of God. We saw in previous studies in 2 Peter one twenty one that it was the Holy Spirit that inspired the scriptures. It was the Spirit of God who moved men to write the inspired scriptures. Therefore, proper interpretation is impossible without him. No person without the Holy Spirit will ever be able to properly interpret Scripture, no matter how much they read the Bible, no matter how much they study the Bible, without a proper connection to the Holy Spirit, that person will not be able to grasp truth. And let me give you a a great illustration of that, I think, at this time of year. Unsafe people can read the Scriptures, and unsafe people can obviously observe objective facts, like Christmas. Christmas. Here's a great illustration. Millions of people, millions will celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, the birth of the Savior, millions of people. In fact, people know kind of when that happened, about 2,000 years ago. They know where it happened. It happened in Bethlehem. I mean, most people are aware of that. They even know how it happened. The Virgin Mary, they would say, gave birth to the Lord Jesus Christ. The problem is they don't know why. They don't know why. The vast majority of people have no understanding or personal relationship with Jesus Christ because they don't know what it means. I mean, even though they're observing facts pertaining to Christmas, they have no individual application of Jesus Christ to their lives. They just understand facts from history. And that is certainly what they're capable of doing. But what they're not capable of doing is grasping truth without the Spirit of God. They can't do that. They'll never understand it. They'll never be able to apply it. So there's our first truth. Now, the second truth is the Spirit's ministry does mean we cannot grasp truth by normal human means without him. We cannot grasp truth by normal human means without him. I want you to notice, as long as you have your Bible open to 1 Corinthians, just back up to chapter 1, and I want you to notice verse 21. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 21, we read, For since the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom, the world through its wisdom, did not come to know God. God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. Now, what that tells us in verse 21 is there's a wisdom system that exists that is applied in which they'll never come to know God. The world, through its own wisdom, did not come to know God and will not come to know God. As John said, the Holy Spirit is the one who guides us into all truth. This cannot happen without the Holy Spirit. So you could have academic courses that are invented by human beings apart from the Spirit of God, and they can have all kinds of intellectual studies, but just like that text in 1 Corinthians says, by those human methods, they're never going to come to understand the deep truth of God. Bible study does follow certain study rules, but the rules cannot ever replace the need of the Spirit of God in the Bible study. So people can come up with normal human methods of studying something, but they're never going to be able to come to truths with truth pertaining to the word of God without the Holy Spirit. Now, the third truth is, the Spirit's ministry does mean the Holy Spirit knows all truth perfectly. All truth perfectly. We saw in chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians, verse 10, for God has revealed them through the Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. Now, flip over to... Romans chapter 8, just back up a few pages left in your Bible to Romans chapter 8, and look at verses 26 to 27. We see in Romans eight twenty six, "...in the same way the Spirit also helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groaning too deep for words." And he, that's the Spirit, who searches the hearts, knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Now the Holy Spirit, and this is so important to grasp, is the member of the Trinity that knows all the truth about God. The Holy Spirit knows all the truth about God's perfect will. He knows all the truth about God's perfect word. He inspired it. So the Holy Spirit knows every bit of it. We don't. And at times, we don't even know what to pray about concerning the will of God in our own lives. So what that would tell us is we need to depend on the Spirit of God as we carefully study the Scriptures. And if we're going to come to accurate, true interpretations and we're going to learn and grow, we're going to go after knowledge He has that we don't have. He's not the one who needs to change and learn more. We are. We're the ones who need to change and learn more. He inspired all the words of Scripture. And when you think about this, it becomes an exciting possibility, an exciting reality, because the Spirit of God can work in harmony with us in the fact that he can enable us to grasp truth. And that is an amazing thing to think about. The third member of the Trinity, the Spirit of God, actually who inspired the truth, can work in us so we can understand the truth. Now, the fourth truth that's brought out in this particular study is the Spirit's ministry does mean we must be properly related to him if we are to grasp truth. This is extremely important, extremely important. In order to study the Bible and in order to grow in truth, we must be properly related to the Holy Spirit since he's critical to our development. So what that particularly means is that we have to live our lives in such a way that we're not quenching the Holy Spirit, because that's going to hinder our grasp of truth, and also that we're not grieving the Holy Spirit, because that also would mean it would be a hindrance to us ascertaining truth. We must be spiritually minded people, not fleshly minded people. We must be properly related to him. Now, one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit is conviction. And the Spirit of God convicts even the child of God when he gets out of sync in his relationship with the Lord. I mean, that whole business of not grieving the Spirit and not quenching the Spirit, obviously, the moment a believer does that, they are convicted of the fact that they have crossed the line and they've done that thing. So here's the point of this. If the Spirit of God brings you or me under conviction and we don't respond to that, in other words, we don't respond to that, then we are foolish if we think we're going to grasp truth. We're foolish if we think we're going to really grow deep in our understanding of truth because we are not responding to the initial conviction of whatever it may be that the Spirit of God is allowing us to experience. And if we're not going to respond at that level to the conviction, he's not about to say, all right, I'm going to let you go and really accurately interpret the entire Word of God. I think Dr. Roy Zuck said it well when he said, a Christian who's living in sin is susceptible to making inaccurate Bible interpretations, because his heart and mind are not in harmony with the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to address an issue here based on John 16, so I would like you to go to John chapter 16 for a minute, because you'll often hear people, they'll allude to this particular verse of scripture, John 16, and they allude to verse 13 in regard to the spirit of God. And they say in John 16, 13, but when he, the spirit of truth, and notice it is a spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come. So the believer turns to this verse sometimes and says, okay, boy, I'll tell you what, the spirit of God is there. He's going to guide me into all the truth. And he bases that on that statement. But I want to point out something that's very critical to this. And that is, back up to chapter 14 of John. Chapter 14 of John. Same context, same principle. In verse 23, chapter 14, verse 23. If anyone loves me, he'll keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we'll come to him and make our abode with him. Then drop down to verse 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit whom your Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said. Then he flows into chapter 16, and he says that the Spirit of God is going to guide you into all truth. The contingency factor here is you are a disciple who's obeying me. That's the factor that everybody leaves out. They go to the verse, and they say, oh, the Spirit of God's going to guide me into all truth. Yes, if in fact... You are a person who's in a right relationship with the Holy Spirit, which means you're after truth and you're obeying truth. That's the context of this. Jesus isn't saying this to just everybody, he's talking to his own disciples. And he's basically telling these disciples in this great discourse that you are going to have the Spirit of God who's going to be with you, and that Spirit of God is going to allow you to understand truth, and that Spirit of God will understand truth as you obey me. But if you're not going to obey me, this is the point of this, if you're not going to be properly related to me, then don't think for one second that just because you've got the Spirit of God, you're going to automatically grasp truth. So this point is very critical. We have to be properly related to the Spirit of God. To attempt to do anything out of fellowship with God or grieving or quenching the Holy Spirit is futile. And that is a key point to Bible interpretation. We have to have our hearts right with the Lord. Now, the fifth truth is the Spirit's ministry in interpretation does not mean He gives new revelation. The Spirit's ministry does not mean He gives new revelation. Now, I want you to remember what we've already seen in some previous passages of Scripture. All Scripture is inspired by God. God's Spirit inspired all Scripture, all right? We also know when we go through a book like Hebrews that the scriptures are living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword. We also know that the scriptures have power to save people. I mean, it's like a rock that can save people. My word will not come back void. It'll cut open souls. It can save people. And we also know that the word of God is going to be something that can also sanctify people. It's the thing that can bring people to growth. Now, In view of that, there are a couple of passages of Scripture that say you don't want to add to the Word, and you don't want to subtract from the Word. Now, the one I would have you go to, let's start, as long as we're open in the New Testament, let's go to Revelation 22. Revelation 22, as the Bible basically is closing out, and John is closing down this book of Revelation in chapter 22, verse 18 and 19, I testify... To everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues which are written in this book. If anyone takes away from the words of the book of the prophecy, this prophecy, God will take away his part from the tree of life, from the holy city, which are written in this book. Now back up to Proverbs 30. Back up to Proverbs chapter 30. Because in Proverbs chapter 30, We pretty much get the same basic message in Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 5. We read, Every word of God is tested. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Do not add to his words or he will reprove you and you will be proved a liar. Now, obviously, the Spirit of God has worked within the framework of the written inspired scriptures. We don't need other stuff than this. The Spirit of God has worked within the framework of the written inspired scriptures that he inspired. That he inspired. The scriptures are complete. We don't need other stuff other than the inspired scriptures because the Holy Spirit inspired those scriptures. So we never want to go beyond the scriptures either by way of adding something or subtracting something. Our goal, our goal of Bible study and interpretation is to accurately understand and interpret what the Holy Spirit actually inspired in written form from Genesis to Revelation. That's what we're after. True spirit-led interpretation is based on the written scriptures. Hear that point, get this point. True spirit interpretation is based on the written scriptures. And you want to know what most people think? They're based on experiences, and there's the problem. In other words, the vast majority of people use their experiences as the authority for what they believe or what they try to sell to other people. Our experiences may or may not be from the Lord. I mean, there's just a variety of possibilities of where our experiences can actually come from. It's the scriptures that are from the Lord. It's the scriptures that are inspired by the spirit of God. So the spirit's ministry does not mean he gives new revelation. So people that are coming up with these new fang dangled ideas and saying they're getting new revelation, God told me, God said to me, that's not properly interpreting the written scriptures. And we're after proper interpretations of the scriptures that the spirit of God inspired. He's not going to give any new revelation other than what he's already given. Our job is to go to work and understand every one of those books. Now, the sixth truth is the Spirit's ministry in interpretation does not mean one's interpretation is infallible. When the Holy Spirit inspired the original manuscripts, he guarded them in such a way that they were without error, inerrancy, and they were incapable of error, infallibility. But when it comes to interpreting the Bible, the Spirit of God is going to guide people into truth, but that does not mean that their interpretation is automatically infallible. Actually, to have an infallible interpretation, it would be consistent with all revealed truth. It would have to be. Now, the Roman Catholic Church claimed that it was the only group that could actually understand and interpret the Bible in an infallible way, and I totally reject that. We totally reject that. Every person has a right to try and privately interpret the Bible. That does not mean, though, that the private interpretation is accurate or true. I mean, just because somebody believes something about a Bible verse doesn't make it true. If the qualifications are not met for a true interpretation, it's highly probable that the interpretation is going to be faulty. Now, I'll give you an illustration that I actually saw happen from Proverbs. If you're open to Proverbs, just go over to chapter 31 and verse 4. Chapter 31, verse 4, it's not for kings, O Lemuel. It's not for kings to drink wine or for rulers to desire strong drink. I heard a guy one time take off on a tangent that No leader should ever drink a glass of wine. No alcoholic beverage should ever touch the lips of anyone who's in leadership. And Jesus was called a drunk because he actually drank wine. Now, do you think Jesus is doing something contrary to the written scripture when he drank wine? Do you think that? And what these people don't do that take these positions, in whatever position you hold your conviction, you have a right to your conviction, I'm not going to ever try to talk you out of your conviction. But what these people aren't doing is they know nothing about Hebrew poetry and they know nothing about context. Because if you would read verse 5, that comes after verse 4, it's not for kings, O Lemuel, it's not for kings to drink wine or for rulers to desire strong drink, for they will drink and forget what's decreed and pervert the rights of all the afflicted. What is being said here is it's not right for leaders to drink to the point that they pervert justice, that they lose their sense of reason and pervert justice. This is not a verse that says they should never drink a glass of wine. Now, people can believe that's what that means about that verse. That doesn't make their interpretation right. If you don't understand Hebrew poetry, you don't understand conjunctions like four, and you don't see the connection to all of this, you can come up with whatever interpretation you want, and it may be very wrong. So what we're saying here is it doesn't mean just because somebody opens a Bible and they give their view of a Bible, that, that is infallible, because it may not be. Now, the seventh truth is the Spirit's ministry and interpretation does mean that one who has a true gift, Spirit gift, Of pastor, teacher ought to be able to see and understand truths beyond the level of many. God gives different gifts to the church. Uh, Each person has gifts. And a gift is a supernatural enablement from the Lord that enables a believer to excel in an area way above and beyond the norm. For example, you take someone that has a gift of giving. I mean, someone with a gift of giving, we're all supposed to be giving people. And we should be giving people. Someone with a gift of giving just is in a whole other league. And certainly if God has given by his spirit a gift of pastor teacher to someone, he should be able to carefully open up the scriptures and understand those scriptures at a level that would be above and beyond the average person. It doesn't mean they can't understand it, but he certainly should do this. But There are some guidelines that need to be implemented for one who would even have that gift. First of all, usually if a careful interpreter thinks he's unlocked something from God's word, other skilled interpreters will observe the same thing. God teaches us that scripture is not a matter of one's own interpretation, and that doesn't mean we cannot discover some new things, but usually the things that we're seeing will have been discovered by others that are serious-minded students of the word of God. For example, this teacher was carefully studying the text of 1 Peter, and I observed in parsing the verb that the charge, "Be Be holy, as I am holy, is a passive verb. That changes the whole dynamic of that. Because be holy is not something that the person's doing the action. Be holy would be a holiness that would be one that's receiving the holiness, depending upon God for the holiness. I mean, it changes the whole color of the whole text. And I looked at that, and I thought, boy, I don't see this in another commentary. I mean, it's like they're not talking about this. I thought, well, maybe I've parsed this wrong. So I'm looking at a parsing guide, and I go to this parsing guide, and sure enough, I'm seeing it right this is a passive verb. And then I started to find a couple of other students that were very careful at studying this. They spotted the same thing. And then it let me know you're seeing that accurately. And that is exactly what's there in that text. There's my point. If I'm coming across someone or you're coming across something in interpretation, others that are very serious and skilled will probably have seen it in some way, shape, or form. And secondly, if an interpreter presents truth to God's people who are serious-minded people, usually it will ring with them. I mean, usually when truth is presented to the people of God, they have a sense that it is the truth of God. Spiritually-minded people have a God-honoring spirit within them, and they'll ring. It's true. And we know it's true. It's ringing true. So that's important to understand. Now, the eighth truth is the Spirit's ministry in interpretation does mean that an unsaved person may be able to comprehend statements in the Bible, but cannot appropriate them properly in their own faith system. I mean, the fact of the matter is, as we read tonight in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14, the natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. They're foolishness to him. He can't understand them. Now, most unsaved people have the cognitive ability to grasp certain things about biblical historical facts. I mean, people have actually gone on archaeological projects because they grasp certain facts based on the scriptures, but to actually understand those facts and know how they relate to Jesus Christ who died on a cross and rose again and how to implement those facts in a way that is spirit produced, they have no ability to be able to do that because the Spirit of God is not in them. Now, the ninth truth is, the Spirit's ministry and interpretation does not mean that only Bible scholars can understand the Bible. I want you to go over to 1 John chapter 2, if you would please, 1 John chapter 2. We pretty much previously addressed this, but I want to show you this from 1 John chapter 2 and I want to show you verse 20 and verse twenty seven and this is addressed to all believers, average believers that go to church in first John chapter two verse 20, but you have an anointing from the Holy one, and you all know, obviously John had taught them about that verse twenty seven as for you, the anointing which you receive from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone to teach you, but as his anointing teaches you about all things and is true and is not a lie and just as It has taught you, you abide in him. Now, again, that's addressed to all believers. So you don't have to be some Bible scholar to come to a great understanding of the truth of God. In fact, we would submit to you, based on that, we all have the potential of qualifying in interpreting the Bible and interpreting it accurately in view of the Spirit of God. Now, the tenth truth is, the Spirit's ministry in interpretation does coincide with the real spirituality of the person. This is critical. The real spirituality of the person. We read in Romans 8.27, the Spirit of God searches the minds and hearts. So, a worldly or carnal or fleshly Christian not yielded to God is not ever going to be able to fully grasp the word of God at a meat level or at a right level. As we mentioned, the Christian whose life is full of sin is going to be very susceptible to inaccurate interpretations of scripture. There are people that are silly when it comes to their view of things in the Bible. They don't get it. They never will because they're not going to yield themselves to the spirit of God. This kind of person is apt to believe things based on a few Bible verses that aren't even true. A truly spiritually-minded believer has a far greater depth and discerning ability, which is actually produced by the Spirit of God. The Apostle Paul said to the Corinthians, Some of you, I just can't feed meat, to because you don't have the spirituality necessary to receive it. The writer of Hebrews said in a challenge to the people of God, go on to maturity. And then he said, this will do if God permits it. Well, why wouldn't God permit his people to go on to maturity and understanding the word of God, getting into the meatier things of the word of God? It's because their real spirituality is just a fraud. So know this, When you take and I take God's word in our hands, and we say we're going to go to work on understanding this and applying this, that spirit of God knows what we really are. I mean, he sees the real spiritual level that we have, and that's not fooling him, and that's critical to understanding the word of God. Now, the 11th truth is the spirit's ministry and interpretation does not mean one must not diligently study. One must not diligently study. We already looked at a text a few weeks ago in Ezekiel where Ezekiel gave himself to intense study of the word. The Holy Spirit works in careful preparation of God's written word. Investigation, preparation, proper interpretation. That's how the Holy Spirit works. Bible study is a wonderful work, but it's a work. It's a tedious work. Most people who read the Bible Do not do so with the goal of accurately understanding the text in its context. If you want to understand a text in its context, and we're going to actually give you opportunities to do that in the future when we start giving you some handouts to do that, you'll discover this isn't just sitting down reading a few words on a page here. I actually have to think about this passage. I have to think about what's being said in this passage. And as you're doing that, the Holy Spirit works That Holy Spirit's involved in careful study. He's the one who inspired the Word. So just imagine when that Holy Spirit that lives in every believer sees somebody who says, I am real serious about wanting to accurately understand the Scriptures. And as an interpreter carefully studies the passage and meditates on it and is analyzing what's there, that Spirit of God begins to work and truth begins to come to life. And that's exactly how the Spirit of God works. Now, the twelfth truth is the Spirit's ministry in interpretation does not mean the interpreter has no need to consult. Study helps commentaries, theologies, and Bible dictionaries. There's a need to do this, to consult other things. In Romans chapter 15 and verse 4, if you'd go over there for just a second to Romans chapter 15 and verse 4, Look at what Paul writes in verse 4 in chapter 15. For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction. So Paul felt, you know, you need to have access to things written previously. That's what he says. You need to carefully consider that because those things were written for our instruction. So we have addressed this, but you'll know people or you'll run into people that they pretend to be these pseudo-devout people And they'll basically come up with a position where we can just understand the Bible on our own. We don't need anybody to help us. We have the Holy Spirit. But as one great teacher said, this is nothing more than veiled egotism. To think that someone has reached such a remarkable level that they can bypass godly learning and godly scholarship from all ages is very foolish and prideful. In fact, it's dangerous. In the book of Proverbs, a wise person is challenged to make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your heart to understanding. You need to take advantage of good works. God sovereignly has preserved great writings, and he's preserved some wonderful commentaries. We have a great library. We have a library. Our church library has some better books in it than a lot of pastors, I'm telling you right now. That library is filled with some really quality works from good men, men who have good sober sound minds that were men of the scriptures. You've got men like Luther, Calvin, Spurgeon, C.I. Schofield, G. Campbell, Morgan, Lewis Perry, Chafer, others. Some of those people laid down their lives defending the word of God. And so to think that you can just bypass their conclusions and arrive at some elevated knowledge level that's at their level or above their level is just pure ignorance and pure arrogance. You know, I was in a service one time, and a guy said, the the Spirit has led me to share this. Well, I listened, and I thought, it's not God's Spirit did it. may have been your Spirit or some other Spirit, because what you're saying isn't even true to the text. So the Spirit's ministry needs to be working in harmony with other Spirit-led people that were carefully studying the Scriptures. Now, the 13th truth is the Spirit's ministry and interpretation does not mean the interpreter can ignore common mental sense and logic. Remember this about the Holy Spirit. This is brought out in multiple passages. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Truth. Not fuzzy feelings. He's a spirit of truth. And true interpretation, accurate interpretation, is after truth. And there are many admonitions in Scripture that teach us we're to develop sound minds. Clear, systematic thinking is the kind of thinking the Spirit of God uses. And the more the interpreter thinks clearly about biblical history and biblical geography and culture and grammar, the more accurate will be the interpretation. If you're reading your Bible and you read a phrase that says, He went up to Jerusalem, what does that mean? Does that mean he went up in elevation or does that mean he went north? What does that mean? Well, someone that's after an accurate interpretation of that's going to do the kind of work necessary to discover what that does mean. A wise interpreter wants to understand that. There will always be perfect harmony between clear, concise thinking based on careful research and the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does not bypass the mind. The Holy Spirit does not typically work in mindless emotion, but in careful, prayerful, mental investigation. The 14th truth is the Spirit's ministry and interpretation does not typically give sudden flashes of instant intuitive insight into the true meaning of Scripture. To have an accurate grasp of Scripture, and I can speak from some 40 plus years, 45 years of background on this subject, you're going to have to put some work into it. To have an accurate understanding of a text where you can actually stand before people and say, this is what this text says and means. To actually do that requires study, thought, analysis. And I've observed when people seem to have these sudden flashes concerning some text, they're usually wrong. The Holy Spirit does not usurp careful verification and validation. He works in harmony with it. Oftentimes, when you go to what's called a Bible study, people will go around the room and just share nothing but pooled ignorance. And that's all it is. I've been in classes that were like that. Mary and I were in one. I just couldn't take it anymore. I said, I've got to tell you what this passage means because you people are sharing ignorance. I didn't say that. But I said, I'd like to perhaps show you what this passage is actually talking about because they were just butchering it. For someone to walk into a Bible study and think they're going to get some instant flash from the Spirit of God that will all of a sudden overtake their brain and mouth, and they're going to produce wise instruction of the Scriptures, is faulty thinking. And I'll tell you right now, if I were in a place where a teacher got up and said, I didn't have time to prepare, so I'm going to share what's on my heart, I'd get up and walk out. That's me. I'm not telling you you have to do it, I'm telling me what I would do. I'd get up and walk out. Because if you don't have time to prepare, what I'm about to listen to is a bunch of babble nonsense, and I'm not going to waste my time listening to you share whatever stories that you want to share. So it's critical to understand that the Spirit of God works through meditating and thinking about and analyzing the Word of God. It's Not these flashes, sudden flashes that some of these people claim they get a 15th truth is the Spirit's ministry and interpretation does not mean all parts of the Bible will be equally easy and clear in meaning. We do know that Peter says there are some things hard to understand. I mean, for example, when Paul was asked by the Philippian jailer, what must I do to be saved? And Paul says to him, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. That's pretty simple to understand. What must I do to be saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll be saved. But then when you read, like we did last Sunday night, Revelation seventeen eight, the beast that you saw was and is not and is about to come up out of the abyss. And those who dwell on the earth whose name has not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world will wonder when they see the beast that he was and is not and will come. Now that's a little trickier. That's a little trickier than believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. So the Spirit's ministry doesn't mean that all parts of the Bible are just easy and clear in meaning. And finally, the Spirit's ministry in interpretation does not mean it's possible to understand everything about God comprehensively or completely. We know that's true because in Revelation chapter 10 and verse 4, When the seven peals of thunder had spoken, I was about to write, and I heard a voice from heaven saying, seal up the things which the seven peals of thunder have spoken, and do not write them. Obviously, there's stuff we don't know. We don't know. We'll never know. But I'll tell you what, we have a lot to work on in the 66 books that are there. And that's what the Spirit of God wants us to do, go to work on those 66 books. I want to draw... Six concluding applications or principles from this Spirit's work in our study tonight. Number one, we must take the written word seriously. That's pretty clear. This Holy Spirit inspired the Word of God. We must take the written words seriously. Those are Spirit produced. Secondly, we must be saved. We must be saved. I mean, we must have Jesus Christ in our lives and be saved. We have to be a believer in order to have any potential of accurately understanding the scriptures. Number three, we must be spiritual in fellowship with God. And we can't, we can't con that point or fool God in this issue. We have to be spiritual and in fellowship with God if we're going to accurately come to understand his word. Number four, we must study. It's going to take study. Number five, we must use common sense. The Spirit of God works through common sense. And then finally, we must depend on the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is certainly accurately involved in accurately understanding his word. Well, we're way over time tonight. I want to thank you for coming. Good night. The Lord bless you.